Welcome to Uncommon Real Estate, where it's all about finding creative solutions for real estate agents and investors. In exclusive mastermind conversations with some of the brightest minds in real estate, you'll learn how to earn an extra six figures a year. Don't follow the herd. Be uncommon. Here are your hosts, multi-millionaire real estate agent and investor, Chris Craddock and Jeff Safright. So today, welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Real Estate Lunchbox Edition. And we're going to be talking about how to craft a winning offer. We've been going through negotiating. We're going to talk about how to craft a winning offer. And our friend Jeff Safright is out on an appointment today. And so uh, David Mount, COO um, of the Redux Group, will be joining us. He is a stellar agent when it comes to buyers. Um, both David and I have had multiple, multiple offers accepted from us uh, that were lower offers than other um, properties uh, out, or from other agents out there um, for these reasons. So we're going to go through that here now. Um, yeah, David's total stud, be great. And I'll tell you what, this has been a crazy day. David, one of our listings got hit by an uninsured driver. The car crashed into the house of one of our listings. And then I find out a few minutes ago that everybody on our team is getting a text message from somebody named Chris Craddock saying, hey, I'm stuck in a meeting. I'm, I'm in a lot of trouble. I need a gift card. And everybody's asking for gift cards. And you know what's worse? Nobody's giving them gift cards. Everybody's just texting me, telling me about it. I'm like, I need a gift card. I'm just kidding. But yeah, we're, you know, my identity's getting hacked. So hopefully with uh, our identity, uh, identity shield, we're, we're going to be taking care of that. So that, that'll be good. Um, and then, yeah, it's just, just crazy. So let's get back to what is exciting, which is doing a lot of business, getting our deals accepted. And let me ask you this question, David. How much better is it to go out and submit one offer and get that offer accepted than it is to submit 17 offers and not get accepted on any of them. <laughs> Man, it's crazy because it literally is the difference between you spending double to triple the time working with a client and getting paid the exact same. And so if we can just cut the time that we're actually spending with clients by skilling up and just doing our job better, Oh my gosh. I mean, it's going to make our lives so much better and it's going to free us up to have more time to be able to take on more clients and then increase our wealth and increase our income that we're able to close. So it makes all the difference in the world. The way I like to see this, what we're going to talk about today is like, I don't know if, if any of you guys have ever had a clogged uh, drain. It basically all the stuff, the nastiness gets caught in there and then nothing like maybe it'll drain slowly. Um, but here's the thing. Once that, once that clog gets released and it's gone, everything goes really fast. And that's what happens when we're carrying like 15 buyers or eight buyers or six buyers, whatever, who aren't getting their offers accepted. Not only do they lose trust in you, you start losing trust in yourself. You start getting down. The emotional tailspin of not winning happens because winning begets winning and losing begets losing. So you get into this emotional tailspin that's not good. Your clients are trusting you less. You're trusting you less. You're spending more time and you can't get anybody through that pipe. Maybe a couple people go through. But I found this, that when you have like five or six people that are making these offers 
all of a sudden you get one or two through, then boom, the rest of them go through right at the same time. And it just all happens. So let's get into the nitty gritty of this today. So David, um, I know you are excellent about this. And I know you do a lot of training on our team about this. Help us see um, what needs to happen. So I don't think it's just the offer. I think it starts with knowing the buyer. So would you mind kind of starting us starting from the beginning, um, how to know the buyers and then move us to creating that great offer? Absolutely. Yeah. So when it comes to multiple offer situations, it really starts with the buyer consultation. It starts with how you set expectations with your buyer, because if you're super clear with what the buyer needs to expect in today's market, then it's going to set them up for success. So when you're recommending increasing their earnest money deposit, or escalating or talking about an escalation of denim, they'll understand what that means. When you talk about potentially waiving an appraisal or partially waiving an appraisal, they'll have a reference to that and it won't be brand new knowledge to them or a brand new uh, thing for them to learn when you're actually talking about it at offer time. So talk about it at the buyer consultation, you know, especially if you guys are in areas where the market is hotter than others. So in our area, Northern Virginia, you know, Arlington, super hot, low inventory, lots of demand, lots of buyers. I'm talking to every single buyer I have in Arlington about waiving contingencies, uh, going up way above list price, you know, talking about appraisal, what waiving that looks like. And so it all starts at the buyer consultation. Your buyer has to have an understanding of what reality is in the market of the moment that you guys are in. And so it all starts at that buyer consultation. If you're just having the conversation at offer time or when the buyer says, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to pursue this one, then you're already setting yourself up for failure and making your job that much harder. So do the hard work on the front end of the buyer consultation. And it's just going to set you up for such an easier conversation with your buyer when you're really asking them to concede a lot because it's, it's a seller's market because of where we're at. So buyer consult makes all the difference. Yeah. And, um, and guys, just remember, um, we're live in our Facebook group, the Uncommon, Uncommon Real Estate. And this will also be launched as the podcast here later uh, as well. But here on Zoom, uh, Joseph is asking this question, how do you do a partial contingency on appraisal? David, can you walk us through that? Yeah, great question. And a lot of agents don't know this. An agent, when I was first starting out, taught me this. And it's something that is very, very rarely taught by any brokerage or any team out there. So what I do is I'll write into the contract in the other terms section, in the event of a low appraisal, the purchaser agrees to pay for the first X amount in, in, uh, of appraisal difference, of difference in between appraised value and contract price. So let's say it's 10,000. In that case, it would be in the event of a low appraisal, the purchaser agrees to pay for the first $10,000 difference between the appraised value and the contract price. Just makes it really, really clear to the seller that we're pre-negotiating. If this comes in 10 grand low, the buyer's sticking with that contract price and the seller does not have to come down in price. So it's a perfect middle ground between keeping the full appraisal contingency and then waiving the appraisal altogether. Because most people don't want to waive the appraisal altogether, but they would feel comfortable if you can give them an accurate assessment of, I, I'm pretty sure based on the comps, it's not going to appraise more than five or 10 grand. You know, you as the expert have to give them that information from your market knowledge and your understanding of the comps. And then you're equipping them with this option, this tool to be able to make all the difference in their offer. And, and, and everybody, I want you also to understand, this is an amazing tool for us to understand on the listing side as well. You can ask for this 
on the listing side as well as the buyer side. So when you understand all of the tools you have at your disposal, it makes you a better agent all across the board. So, so that's huge. So yeah, David, I, I mean, honestly, the, the crazy thing is when, when it, that comes at somebody at the last minute, hey, let's just waive this contingency, let's waive this, and they never had any time to think through it. I mean, a high D on the dispersed profile would say, all right, do what it takes. But anybody like I, S, and C, I mean, sometimes maybe I's, but I, S, and C, if you catch them off guard and catch them by surprise, they're gonna be it's so fearful that they're not gonna wanna do what it takes. So I appreciate you jumping into that. So tell us a couple other uh, tips and tricks and things that you've used to, uh, uh, and, and real quick, it says, uh, where do you enter this language on the addendum? Can, is, is one yeah, question. So usually, at least in Northern Virginia, there's a section in the residential sales contract. I think it's the very last section, 43 or something like that. Um, it's just other terms. It's just blank. And so I just type that in, uh, in the event of a low appraisal, yada, yada. Um, so it's directly in the contract, but you'll have to write it yourself. It's not on a separate agenda. Okay. And David, would you mind um, just typing that into uh, the chat box for Zoom and then I'll reread it out? Um, and, uh, you know, and, and at the same time, I'll share this. Um, it is vitally important, vitally important um, that when you send your offer, you also let them know about that, plus any escalation addendums or anything else on that front. Because if you don't, um, I'll just tell you, when I was a new agent, there was one time that I took an offer um, because an agent told me in, in, on page one, they gave me an outline of everything. And, uh, and then we took the offer. When I called around and told everybody, uh, one of the agents was like, well, I mean, we escalated $50,000 higher. How did you not like, how did, did, did somebody go? And I realized the other one didn't escalate that much higher, but I wasn't aware because I was a new agent. And so I just missed it. So just understand we're dealing with a lot of new agents. We're dealing with agents in multiple offer situations where it's easy to miss. So make that so clear what you're doing. Cause if they just look at the contract and they miss that little section that says other items or however, any of the different regional contracts uh, have it listed, a newer agent could miss that and you could really screw your, uh, your client by not, you know, making sure that the agent is getting that. Yeah. And, and you have to communicate that over the phone, right? You want to do it over the phone in the contract and on your cover letter when you're emailing the listing agent, right? Make it super easy when you're emailing a listing agent, bold the language that says, Hey, my buyer's going to pay for the first 10 grand in appraisal shortage, like make it abundantly clear so that it cannot be missed. And then talk, talk to them over the phone about it, right? Talk to the listing agent over the phone and explain, Hey, this is what we're willing to do. Um, it's 10,000 below. Cause you know, there's a lot of listing agents like Chris said that have never heard of anybody doing this. And so sometimes it takes some education on us to the listing agent, you know, obviously in a courteous way, um, but explaining how this is actually going to benefit their seller hugely if they go with our offer versus any other offer that could be higher, but doesn't have any, any, uh, you know, kind of concession on the appraisal. So it's huge. I'm just, and, and can you define one final term? What does hugely mean? <laughs> that sounds like something, uh, that is definitely, so, I, I hear Trump, hugely. <laughs> Not to get political, nobody type in or, or respond in crazy stuff. Come on, it's crazy. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, that's hugely. I love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'll just say when it comes to results, I mean, I've literally many, many times, probably more than a handful of times have won because we've conceded something on the appraisal, even though we were the low, lower price. So just recently, we just closed on a townhouse in Woodbridge uh, for a buyer of mine. Our offer was 408. We agreed to waive $9,000 of the appraisal shortage. And the next, uh, the highest offer was like 430 or something crazy like that. <laughs> The listing agent thankfully understood the importance of waiving the appraisal and he thought it would appraise at like 395 and I was like maybe 400 I mean I don't know and we got a good appraiser and it appraised at 408 so my buyer didn't have to come up with any additional down payment money it was a VA loan so he didn't have to put anything down um, and we were able to win it even though we were what is that 22 grand under the highest price just by adding that in about the appraisal difference and buyer being willing to pay that. Obviously there's other factors as well. You know, I was in high communication with this agent, you know, he liked me a lot, like all this other stuff, but yeah, the appraisal piece is what pushed it over the edge. All right. So let's get into some of these other things. And David does one hugely and bigly every single time. So um, no, he, he's very good. So, so I'm telling you guys, this is like, you're getting tips from the master here. So, um, so, with that said, um, what do you do when, let's say that your client doesn't have, uh, like they're at the edge, maybe they're on an FHA loan, they're spending everything they have um, on the deal and they're, they're coming out because, you know, obviously they don't want to pay their own closing cost seller subsidy uh, or, or ask the seller to pay for it and they know they won't. So now they don't have any cash left over. Can you talk through um, just other ways other than the appraisal that we can set ourselves apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, one of the first things is building a relationship with that listing agent. You want that listing agent at the end of every phone call to think, man, I really like that agent. I hope we're able to do a deal together. So you have to, you have to build rapport. You have to be cooperative, right? Some, some agents think that if, if the more hard nosed you are, the more combative, the, the better you're negotiating, it actually works in reverse. The more cooperative you are, especially when you're competing in multiple offer situations, right? A listing agent does not want to have a pain in the butt buyer's agent. Do not be a pain in the butt buyer's agent. So can I, can I, can I jump in real quick? Because yeah. I've told my story where I've been like that. I had a guy that literally thought he was like, the best negotiator ever and like came in so hard nosed with me and he caught me on a bad day and I had a multiple offer situation. And I literally, I'm usually pretty nice to people. It's rare that I just don't treat people well, but uh, like he called and just was just such a punk in how he was just saying, you're going to take our offer, blah, 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 blah. I didn't even ask if we had any other offers. And I just was like, listen, we got other offers and I'm going to tell my, my client, I don't want to work with you because you just seem like you're difficult to deal with. So you can send it if you want, but I'm already telling my client that. So unless you're offering about 10 grand over anybody else, like it's unlikely we're going to work with you. And like, like literally I just didn't want, but I know that's an extreme case, but I just want to be clear that, uh, that that's, you know, the agents like it's usually so much more nuanced and subtle than that, but you know, that happened. So anyway, sorry, you, you were, I interrupted you. Yeah, no, it makes a huge difference, right? And, and I've had it in the past multiple times where, you know, because of the relationship with the listing agent, the listing agent wants to go with my offer. And so often they'll share additional information with me that they are not sharing with the other buyer's agent because they like me more, because they, they know that I'm going to be an agent that will 
um, make this an easy process. And they, they have, they've had a couple phone calls with me already. And so they understand kind of how I work and so rather than the unknown of the other offer and the other agent where, you know, maybe the agent didn't even call them at all to ask if they had other offers, like working with someone that you like working with actually goes a long way. It's not, you know, some, some people think all agents are created equal and it's just not the case. It's just not the case at all. So be one of the agents that does the things that will differentiate you and differentiate your client's offers in building that relationship with the listing agent, because it's going to give you the edge. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, how about, so one of the things that we talk about in our morning huddles, so on our team, we have morning huddles every, every morning, because I do believe that when times get hard, you will always fall. You'll never rise to the level of your dreams. You'll always fall to the level of your training. So if you're not doing your own training, you're, you're just, if, if you're not training a lot, you're going to struggle when times get hard. Um, so in that, one of the things we talk about, and Jordan Belfort refers to this, who, you know, he's good at selling. I don't know that he's great at life, but he's good at selling the Wolf of Wall Street. He thought in his straight line selling book, um, he, he talks about closing that certainty gap. Um, can you talk to us about how, how closing the certainty gap in the listing agent's mind um, can help them want to work with you and help them kind of relay that to their sellers? Absolutely. And when you're referencing the certainty gap, it's really the confidence, right? That the <laughs> agent has that a contract will go to closing. Because the last thing a listing agent wants is to be in a multiple offer situation, pick, pick an offer, pick a contract. And then for some reason they void on HOA docs or they void on the home inspection. Or they, the buyer loses their job or something terrible happens. And so the more that we can give that listing agent certainty that your contract and your buyer is going to get to closing, the, the, the greater likelihood that they're going to push for your offer when they talk to their seller. So some of the things that, that, that we'll say, right, Chris, and when we do training on this all the time is, you know, tell the listing agent, hey, my buyer is pre-qualified uh, with the local lender. They're a direct lender. They're amazing. I've worked with them multiple times. Um, there's no chance this would fall out due to financing. They work for XYZ company or the government, um, super stable in terms of their job. <laughs> I guarantee you, this will be the easiest transaction of your year. If you take our offer, I'm going to, I'm just telling you, I'm going to make it super, super easy for you as the listing agent. And you know, we're going to be at closing and they're not going to be delays. So just by speaking those things, you know, that in and of itself, like no other agents are doing that. 99% of agents do not say those things. So if you can bring those things to the listing agent, it's going to increase the level of certainty they have that your offer is an, is an amazing offer and that it's not going to fall through. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I'll tell you, I learned this lesson. Um, I was on vacation. We were on vacation. One of my good buddies has a number of properties in the Smoky Mountains. And so we were down there in one of his Airbnbs which if you've never been down there, man, it is beautiful down there. You guys should go. I'm telling you. Yeah. Little, little uh, plug for that. Uh, but um, one of the things that I, I was there and I, I still remember, we just finished playing like laser tag with the kids, um, you know, and I walk in and I return this guy's call on one of my listing this a number of years ago. And uh, he, what he says to me is like, we're going to put an offer. I'm sure it's a multiple offer situation. Um, I just want to let you know, we will be, at the closing table a hundred percent we will be at the closing table we will be there and so um 
that was the uh, the crazy thing. Like for me, I just felt so warm and fuzzy and like, okay, he's got to be at the closing table. I like, I trusted him, like just the way he spoke and the confidence he had. Um, I try, And I was like, dang, like that's, there's power in that when you can kind of figure out what it takes to give them confidence that you will be there. Because let's be honest, what is like, one of the worst things that can happen to a listing agent is you going under contract and then have to call your client and be like, Hey, I know we talked about this offer. I know we thought this was a good offer. Uh, I know I advised you on this, but yeah, my advice turned out to not be good advice. I mean, we're not, we don't say it like that, but like, let's be honest. That's how we feel because you like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to call them. And the best thing is if you can say, but I've got another offer, but oftentimes we'll have to go back on the market. We'll have to, you know, all the other stuff, you know, as a Christian guy, there's a, there's a verse in the Bible that says, uh, hope deferred makes the heart sick. There's nothing like, it's so much worse when you're expecting something and then what you're expecting falls apart than when you don't even have that expectation, right? It makes it so much worse when it falls apart. So, um, so you just want to make sure that you can tell them you're not going to be in this situation if you work with us. And you talk about the track record, talk about everything else. I mean, I've heard agents say, hey, I know this agent. This agent is uh, uh, like one of the top agents in the area, yada, yada. You know, anyway, um, so, so that if you can give credentials, if you can give a reason why you're sticking, staking your reputation on it, that you are going to be at closing, it just goes well. So um, yeah, anyway. Absolutely. And a couple other things that you guys can do when you're advising your clients to improve their offers, right? We want to have an understanding of what the seller situation is. Are they buying another house after selling their current house? You know, if they are, you need to ask if the seller needs a rent back, right? Ask that to the listing agent and then advise your buyers on that. Explain to them what that means, what a rent back means. It's a security deposit, you know, and depending on, you know, it, how many offers there are, you might want to do advise your client to do a free rent back and to just say, Hey, stay in the house an extra month. You don't need to pay me. Um, and obviously you explain that to your client by sharing with them that if they close on October 30th and they're going to skip November's payment. So their first payment isn't going to be until December 1st anyways. So it's not really that much of a loss. So that's one thing, um, being able to do the free rent back, um, when you're in a multiple offer situation and then, um, also being able to increase the earnest money deposit, you know, we're in COVID times and I had a contract earlier this year where we had a buyer who, whose family member was impacted by COVID and he fell off the face of the earth. And so we had to try to get that earnest money deposit and it was difficult. It's difficult. It's never an easy process. So the more bite there is on the earnest money deposit, the better it looks to a listing agent that this buyer is either going to come through or they're going to be out a significant portion of money more than your standard 1% of the purchase price. Yeah. So speak to 1%, you know, 1% is, is kind of standard. Um, if you put in less than that, then you're going to not stand out, put in more than that. I'll tell you on some of the flips that we would do early on when we'd buy properties in cash, um, we would literally like, let's say we were going to buy the property at, um, let's say we're buying for 200,000 we would do a $200,000 earnest money deposit that was non-refundable. I mean, they knew we were going to close, you know, because we had the cash there, we put it all up. Um, so I'm not saying most of our buyers can't do that, but uh, uh, put it there. And man, as we're sitting here, I'm getting texts from so many people telling me that I'm writing them asking if uh, for gift cards for them. 
Oh my gosh, this is terrible. I'll tell you, love getting your identity stolen. That's that's fun. Um, so uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm losing my mind here. All right, so next thing, um, inspections. What are the options as far as pre-inspection, waiving inspection, no inspection? Like, can you talk through some of the, the options there? Yeah, absolutely. So, so most of you guys know your normal home inspection is going to be, you know, somewhere between a five to 10 day home inspection with the option to negotiate for repairs. Depending on how many offers there are, you may advise your client one of a few ways. So it could be just keep the normal home inspection, but I don't typically recommend that if you're competing with anybody else. If there's two or three, maybe you just say, um, advise your client that, hey, we want to do the home inspection. We might shorten the days uh, in which we need to get that done. So instead of doing a seven day, maybe you move it down to five or three days and then tell the seller beforehand, we're not going to negotiate on anything. We just want to make sure that we can still get out of the contract if there's something catastrophic in the house. So that's kind of like your, your first step. And then if you're, if you're just in a brutal, brutal seller's market, um, let's say a house lists on a Thursday and there's an offer deadline of a Monday, do your best to, to do a pre-inspection. And so what a pre-inspection is, it's just a home inspection that the buyer does before they actually submit the offer. That way the buyer can have the understanding of what deficiencies are in the house and write a, an offer that's not contingent on any kind of home inspection. So your buyer may be out of pocket, let's say 300, 400 bucks and may not get the house. But it's a huge term where if there's zero home inspection period, then the seller and the listing agent know that that's one way that you are not going to be able to get out of the contract. So that's a huge, huge benefit. I've done that with multiple people. And obviously you have buyers where that's still not enough because maybe they're willing to do the pre-inspection, but they're not willing to waive anything on the appraisal. But when all, all else being equal, if you have the time, if you have a couple of days before an offer deadline, try to work with your home inspector and your buy, advise your buyer to get that done before that offer deadline so that your offer is non-contingent on a home inspection. All right. So we got two minutes left. What are uh, the last, like any last final tips? I mean, I, I, I have like about six or seven other points here that we could go through, but we're out of time. So um, give us a couple more reasons why people would accept your offer over other offers that may be more money. Yeah. So on top of that, I mean, obviously the, the higher down payment you have generally is better. Um, higher down payment amount. Um, it kind of goes without saying, but don't ask for seller subsidy, you know, for your client. Um, if you're in a multiple offer situation, it's just, it's almost a non-starter, right? Zero seller subsidy and then go higher in price, adjust the appraisal. Like we talked about, adjust the inspections, increase the earnest money deposit, offer a free rent back, understand when the ideal closing date is for that seller by being in constant communication and asking lots of questions to that listing agent and building rapport with them. We have to know what the listing agent and what the seller want so that we can give them what they want. Cause that's, that's the deal. We're not negotiating for price or necessarily trying to get um, the best deal for the client. What we're trying to do is win. We're trying to win against seven other offers. And so we're trying to figure out what is it going to take to win? And so we just have to make sure that we're always being in constant communication with listing agents and asking the right questions about the, what, about what the seller wants so that we can craft that perfect offer that's going to get picked. And that's it in a nutshell. I mean, that's going to, that's going to set you guys apart from 
95% of the agents out there who are writing offers. So just make sure you're talking about all these things with your buyer at the buyer consultation. And then when, when it's offer writing time, you're referencing back to that conversation. Hey, remember when we talked about, you know, potentially doing a pre-inspection in this situation, I think it would be wise if we did that. And this is why. So take that and go write some offers, get them accepted, cut down the time that you're actually spending with each client while also getting them the result that they want more quickly. And man, you'll, you'll have raving clients, lots of five-star reviews and they'll just be in such a better position. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here's the last thing I'll say is this, um, if you're on a big team that does a lot of business um, or part of a group that does a lot of business, one of the things I always say is this, I'm like, listen, this would be really, really helpful to me and our team. Um, and honestly, we do a lot of business. So um, anything you could do to help us out here, we will return the favor. We absolutely will return the favor and help you because it's a small world and we will see each other again. So that's, that's one of the things um, that we say. Um, I guess we have two quick, uh, quick questions. We're already over time. So um, real quick, uh, what about after the inspection offering a non-refundable second deposit? Yeah, I haven't done that in our market. Um, I've never seen that in this market. Um, I would, I would try to figure out if that's something in your market that, that works. I don't know, Chris, do you have any experience with that? I haven't, but changing it to a, uh, um, to non-refundable, changing the language so it's unilateral instead of bilateral for the release of earnest money. Um, a, a number of things on, on that, that front. I think there's a lot of stuff you can do um, with that. Uh, yeah, the Arizona market, apparently that's, uh, they're saying that that's something they do there. Um, on a pre-inspection, do you need the seller's consent? Yeah, we usually ask for it. Uh, I, don't, I don't know whether you do or not, but we, we always ask for it. Um, and it also lets them know that we're more serious. Um, about it that we've already done a pre-inspection. So that's a huge, huge piece there. So, all right, we got to wrap up now. Um, so David Mount, if you want to send any referrals to David Mount, David, how do they uh, reach out to you? Yeah, shoot me an email. Uh, my email is david.mount at theredexgroup.com. I'll put it in the chat here as well. Um, but yeah, email is the best way. And uh, yeah, happy to take good care of your buyers or sellers here in Northern Virginia. Cool. That's just to the panelists, David. You got to do it to everybody. <laughs> For the cool. Zoom. Yeah. Uh, yep. um, and then, uh, yes. Yeah, so that's the best way. Find us on uh, Facebook, uh, Uncommon Real Estate. And you can also, we will be back here on Zoom, uh, Instagram, at Crowd Rock. Uh, we have Uncommon Real Estate Podcast. Definitely give us some reviews that helps us uh, show up higher. And yeah, if we can do anything to serve you guys, know that I am not asking you for gift cards today. Um, but if we can do anything to serve you guys, let us know. And yes, we will see you next time. See you guys. Thanks, Take David. care. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Uncommon Real Estate. Subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with the latest mastermind conversations from Chris, Jeff, and other uncommon real estate industry leaders. If you love this podcast, please write us a review. And to fast track your real estate career, go to chriscraddock.com.